Yeah, welcome to the Line Theory Podcast number one on Moxo. We've got Stewie, Luke and Anthony. Am I right or am I right? You're right. <laughs> uh, we're going to have a chat about all sorts of things today. And the question I want to ask is, why does the world need another podcast, Anthony? The three of us specifically feel that we, especially in the podcast game, as straight white men, are underrepresented. Stewie. Stewie especially. He's straight. Stewie is, well, I mean, flexible terms I'm using there, but doesn't matter. We feel underrepresented in the podcast game, and it's about time we struck back, and that's what we're here for. Strike back against what? Against the oppression of the, of the, of the straight white man. God, sounds like something out of Monty Python. Stu, what is the line theory? Look, it's pretty much a group of us always bantering, going to like lots of topics and subjects, and there's lots of psychology behind it. I started a company called Chur, which is all about human behavior, and I'm fascinated by it. So I really want to get into subjects that you know we, we talk about, but we don't really understand and we don't action. So that's some things that we want to be able to give the audience some advice on some random subjects every week and get deep into them. That's why I want to be part of this podcast. Yeah, Luke, do you agree with that? I think I do. Um at the end of the day, we have three very different people sitting here. Um, we've got Stu, who's a great thinker, me, who's a great storyteller, and we've got Anthony, the funny guy. So at the end of the day, you're going to be getting different opinions. Sometimes these opinions are going to align, are going to, are going to align, other times they are not. And I think that's what makes conversation very interesting because if you hear everything from one viewpoint, then it kind of becomes a bit repetitive. But if we can offer something that comes from different pages, different walks of life, then I think it becomes quite engaging with our audience. Okay, so so what, what will the difference between this podcast and others be? You know, that's the thing, isn't it? There's got to be a point of difference. What is it, Ant? <laughs> I think that given that the three of us, our only point of connection is that we go to the gym together and we've come directly from there, this will be the only post-workout, charged, emotional podcast that covers all the topics that all the other podcasts cover as well. Yeah, and, and you, you all stink. That's the other thing, Well, it's too. interesting that you raise that. Haven't you got that. any Rex owner? Huh? It's interesting that you raise that because, because the thing that I want to talk about today, the real philosophical point of this, I want to talk about B.O., this That's what, what I'm talking talk about. about. This is what it's, – it's, it's almost like our periods are aligned. Yeah. You and I. In a village, in the a, girls. Yeah, In a happens. village – well, I mean, it happens in the city too. I don't yeah. know if you've been here for long, but it happens in the city as well, and I feel like our cycles are, are aligned. Get it. And I want to talk about BO because let me tell you something. I've been to the gym with these two gentlemen for the better part of the last year, and at no point have either of them stunk. Which is, which is... Except for at our lifting, but yeah, or in spots. Must be because this studio can't afford air conditioning. It's a bit, you know, you blokes are sweating like older boys. You've got your blue singlet on, you've got the wife basher on, but that's okay. Oh, look, I, I can, I, Luke and I had a shower together about half an hour ago, so <laughs> by, by elimination, you know. <laughs> Don't drop the soap. No. Oh, fantastic. So one thing we want to talk about today is a thing called Yukuru. Now, I don't know whether that's a, a Japanese martial art or a new kind of car from Korea or whatever, um, but you're into it like a cockatoo into hot biscuits. What is it, mate? Yeah, so Yukuru is a CBD oil company that we started during COVID. Uh, we started last April. Uh, a few of us got together. So my, one of my mates went to school with Richard Penny and another guy called Mandan that lives in the States. And I was fascinated 
buy CBD oil um, probably a year earlier when I walked into a mate's office and I looked around the desk and there's like six people sitting in a room with all these little tincture jars. And I was going, what are you guys, what's, what's this about? And then and they go, it's, um, we take it when we're stressed in the afternoon. And I actually took some and was really relaxed after it because I was, I was going through a pretty bad relationship at the time and I needed something to chill me out. So um, that's how I got fascinated about it. But also my mother suffered from MS my whole entire life and this would have been a great product for her to relieve her from her symptoms. Yeah, so Stu, you've mentioned to me that initially the CBD journey actually started from a personal experience. Um, and I think what happens um, a lot of the time when, when people jump into these ideas is it kind of, it just goes past, if you look into your peripheral, you'll see that opportunity there. And obviously such a negative situation that happened with your mum allowed you to kind of see that this can actually help a lot of people. Um, and you've picked the right time by the looks of things. Yesterday, there was an article released in, in the news saying that it's now going to be available over the, over the counter in pharmacies without a prescription to a certain amount. So I think really you uh, should be counting your lucky stars here because you are definitely in it, on it at the right time. And it's certainly something that is going to help a lot of people. So credit to you for sticking with it early. And I think everyone is really going to benefit from this. We, we definitely feel like we nailed it on the head, right? So for the last you know six months, I've been giving everyone I know samples and trialing it out. And the biggest thing that we found out is that people didn't know how to take it. We had 12 products. Now we've been able to refine it over the last six months. And when you say it's, it's approved to be over-the-counter sales, yes, it is. It's definitely been approved, but the TGA approvals haven't come through. So you won't be able to buy that behind the counter for six to 18 months. So like I feel like we're really far advanced in those discussion points, and we're really far advanced in what we where we're going with especially like you know i'm into the biohacking and now we're going to come out with our own biohacking kit we'll tell you when to take it how to take it and that's that's something pretty cool in my book so i'm pretty proud of that stewie for the people at home you've got a big bottle of lion's mane sitting on the uh sitting on the table here and uh i've I've followed your instagram stories since since the since the creation of our friendship and i and i like to i like to take note of what you're doing in your life and i've noticed sometimes that you fill your breakfast coffee table up with a whole bunch of lion's mane and and other variants i just want to know what exactly is the cocktail of of uh, healthy substances you're taking every day to balance yourself out and why well, obviously, I, am, um, I take different substances on different days. So, it was the weekend, we'd be talking something different, right? But um, I take, every morning, I take uh, a, a symbiotic. I take uh, omega-3s, a high dose of that. And then I get it, you know, B12 complex, and I get into the nootropics. So, on the table, which you've observed for people at home you can't see, um, lion's mane's a nootropic. I've also um, taken alpha brain today to really be able to get that memory call really good when I need to be focused. For this? For this, specifically for this. So, hopefully, um, you know, I can pull things out of the hat pretty quickly. Is alpha brain the Joe Rogan thing? Yeah, it's an on it brand, and, and you, it hits you pretty quickly. It hits you within about 10 to 15 minutes, and you just feel more present, and you also be able to recall, you know, uh, short-term memory really quickly and then I take other stuff for you know anti-aging which is we can talk about in another podcast and a man reserve retrol glutathione and all that stuff so it's pretty pretty expensive cocktail that I, I take um, every every week so I do it Monday to Friday so my body doesn't absorb to it I have the weekends off and then I get back on from Monday to Friday again do you, the following think, it, week. Do you think it helps general performance because let me tell you something you kick my ass in the gym Luke kicks my, everyone's ass in the gym but Luke's Luke's a you know a, a specimen of a human being. We don't count him. You looking like a regular bloke like me. Oh. Do you think this helps you to absolutely flog me in the gym every day? 
It, it, it definitely improves my recovery time by like out of sight. That's the whole thing, isn't it? I hear that all the time. I'm like far from a fitness fanatic, a long way from it. Really? But I always hear, yeah, no shit, Sherlock. But I always hear, uh, I always hear, you know, that recovery is the biggest thing with with you know, uh, hard exercise. Right? It's, it's how you come back. Um, so I exercise once every three months, but. Would that help me with that? Um, it probably give you the ability to exercise a lot more than I have. What, what's your recovery <laughs> techniques, Luke? You know, you've obviously you go, you do. Man, I see you at the beach in the morning, training people, coming to gym, flogging people. What's what's your go? My go is, um, I come from an athletic background, playing water polo and rugby. Um, my body is accustomed to a lot of load um, consistently, so I really don't need much to work at seventy percent. I'd love to be able to work at 100%, but that's all about finding balance. You know, that's everything from nutrition. The most important thing, which is, you know, the hot topics at the moment, which is sleep, something that I suffer with. However, um, what, what do you mean you suffer with sleep? Yeah. I suffer with sleep. At the end of the day, you know, we're busy people. We've got busy schedules. And I, the flip side of being able to work at a high level is it's difficult to switch off. And so things like this morning, you know, where we do have – for example, a testing day, um, I really have to just focus in for 45 minutes, do my best, and then I know that I have to kind of go back into my low battery mode. So there is no secret. The simple secret is sleep and to eat correctly. But in saying that, I look at the ability of Stu to be able to consistently go, 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 and certainly these products that he has online um, do help him. Hey, do do you guys um, just just – I'll get your thoughts in a sec. Do you guys ever um, take uh, drink chamomile tea or anything like that? For does that all that stuff work? I think it's a to I get the sleep. I'm work. talking about. Yeah. I, I do think it does work, um, but it's also placebo as well. Yeah, I right. think if your mind is set to sleep, you will sleep. If your mind is set knowing that you're not going to sleep, well, it doesn't matter Nothing, what doesn't you matter take, what you it do. Going to work. Yeah, yeah, sure. So, Luke, mate, I've, I've given you some of the Yukuru sleep time stuff, and I've also given Anthony. Yes, How are you have. guys finding it? Obviously, you wear the whoop. Give us give us a bit of feedback. Um, so, just to give you a, a bit of background before I answer that question, I don't take anything. I have water, black coffee, and beer. That's it when it comes to liquids and <laughs> any sort of concoction. One so, out of three ain't bad, is it? Pre-workout. So, for me who has struggled with sleep for a very long time when Stu reached out to me and said, give it a go. This was something completely new to me. And I thought, well, you know what? What's the harm in it? Let's give it a go. So I was an interesting case because I had zero sort of leeway as to do I believe in it or don't I believe in it? I went in completely down the middle going, let's see and give it a go. I also wear what's called a whoop, um, which is a, a recovery tracker. So it's a more kind of advanced version to what you see on your Apple phones. And the biggest thing that it tracks is sleep and quality of sleep. Um, I take the product as last resort because I've always been of the belief that I don't want to be on anything that isn't coming out of the ground. You know, if I can't eat it, I don't want to touch it. You don't want to touch it. Right. So have you noticed the difference in your RMs for sleep when you're on the Whoop? And secondly, I take my Whoop off on Saturday and Sunday because I'm part of the BeFit community and everyone would start screenshotting saying, Stu, you're only at 1% recovery and you had an hour of sleep. How is your sleep going? How many hours are you getting? What's the, what's the deep RMs on that? So when I do take- What are RMs, by the way? 
It's it's when you're in deep sleep. So deep sleep, you know, when you're really dreaming. You should yeah, be so dreaming. So rapid eye movement, which is essentially your dreaming sleep. Yeah, but that's coming out of a deep slumber though, isn't it? Oh, not necessarily. So the way that REM hits um, and then you have your deep sleep after that is you need your body to be relaxed to a point where it really switches off and allows you to dream. Now, I my REM generally is terrible. Um, I get maybe half an hour in a five-hour sleep pattern. When I take um, the the CBD sleep assistance, it would generally be at about two hours of a five-hour sleep cycle. So I normally sleep about four to five hours, yep. um, sometimes less, but it's normally four to five, and I find that my sleep at least doubles in REM, which is the time when you sleep and is perceived to be the time that the body actually does the recovering. Gotcha. Do you whoop in your sleep, Anthony? No, no, you're awake. No, look, listen, I'm a starving artist, Rodney, and uh, I, uh, I I can't afford one of these pieces of technology. What I can afford is a good mate who will give me uh, a very cheap sample of the CBD oil to give it a, to give it a try, which he did last year. Uh, I've had similar sleep issues to Luke. Um, I used to work a corporate job, and every night, like clockwork, I'd wake up, I'd go to sleep at 10, 10.30, and I'd wake up at 3, not be remotely tired, just sit there, toss and turn until about 6.30, 6.45 and it was time to go to work, and then I would be tired again, but I would be forced to get up. Um, and so, I went for a sleep study. I went to the Sydney Sleep Institute, and they hooked me up to about- Is that the one in Glebe? Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. And they hook you up. They, they, they make you come in. You go in at, at 6.30. They hook you up to about 46 nodes. They stick something up your nose. They put something on your finger, um, and they have just all these wires coming out of you. Sounds like the establishment on a Friday, do not it? <laughs> <laughs> Bit of an experiment case. Yeah. Something, something like that. And then, they lay, and then they lay you down at 9 p.m., and they say, all right, go ahead. Sleep normally. <laughs> all right. And then, and then they wake you up at five o'clock in the morning, and they take all the they take all the shit. Are we are we swearing on this? Yeah, of course. They take all the shit off you, these cunts, and <laughs> and um, and then they say off you go, you go to work. Now I knew that I had respiratory problems when I was sleeping because I've had ex girlfriends videotape the kind of exorcist noises I make when Chainsaw I sleep. Chainsaw shit. I, I, I must breathe, have been some crazy exes while staying over you. Well, or they just couldn't sleep because I'm breathing in. <laughs> Like for like forty seconds, and then I don't breathe for a minute, yeah. and then I incrementally let the the breaths out like uh, 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 slowly, and this happens for like <laughs> this happens for like an hour. It's like it's like sleeping next to somebody possessed. It's like you're having your vinegar strokes while you're sleeping. Something like that, right? Um, and I, I I go to this sleep study, and then they bring me in, and I'm like, all right, guys, tell me what's wrong with you. And they said, oh, nothing. Nothing at all is wrong wow. with you. You've got. You might have something called a restless leg syndrome. Oh yeah, your leg shook and woke you up a little bit at uh, at one o'clock in the morning. Yeah. So we'll give you this pill for restless leg syndrome. Uh, and I took it for about two weeks, and it made me drowsy, and it didn't work, and I was still breathing like the Exorcist. And so I've just resolved to have shitty sleep from. Well, there. now you're going to do it naturally with this. Well, new, new- well, here's the thing. I took Shoeys. Yeah, thing, and. Um, I liked it. Yeah. Uh, it did. It did make me a little bit drowsy. It did help me get to sleep a little bit quicker. But I have a feeling that might have been placebo. I don't know how much it affected my actual sleep itself because, like I say, I don't carry around one of these watches. Um, but I still have incredibly crazy dreams. I had a dream I set my grandmother on fire. <laughs> per 
per her request. Right. Yes. <laughs> um, and I is she still alive? She like, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She just uh, she just wants. She's to in be. the Burns unit at Concord. No, no. She <laughs> she's <laughs> simmering. She's ready to end it all. You know. Um, is she? No, no, no. Uh, no how no. old is she? One of my mates had a dream last night. He rang me up about this morning. He said he had a dream. He was stealing number plates, and the cops were after him. And this is after taking the Yakuru CBD <laughs> nighttime. Like I've had a dream where I'm in a dream with looking over myself, thinking that I can't dream of another dream. And that's what we call Inception. I think you've been to Inception land, haven't you, Luke? I told you about my Heart of Darkness dream a few weeks ago. Not yet, but we'll hear with Luke's dream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what you're talking about, actually. You've never been there? Remind me. Like your dreams within dreams when you're on the CBD or you, you don't go that far? I don't. I don't to be honest, I, I rarely dream. When I dream, they're more nightmares. Just dream and big. And it's not enjoyable. Yeah, yeah. So I prefer when I the, the flip side of having um, the CBD, which increases my REM, and I know it increases my REM, which is my ability to dream. It's generally quite negative, <laughs> but in saying that, I kind of get through it because it, I know it gives me more sleep. So it's look, I am a terrible subject case when it comes to good sleep because I know if I get good sleep, I generally nightmare. So it, yeah. I kind of have to balance between. All right, do I sleep light and don't think about anything or do I go into something that's totally negative and I wake up in a big sweat going, what the hell just happened? Do you so, think Do you think you're motivated to exercise as much as you do to exhaust yourself so that you get better sleep? Yes. Yeah. That could have the opposite effect too. Like if you train late at night, you're going to have adrenal effects. It's going to keep you up. So that, taking something like is that this is pretty good. Yeah. Do you guys ever train late? Cause, yeah. Because my, my gym's 24-7. Especially rugby season, Mox. If I'm training Tuesday, Thursday night for rugby, you, you know, we, yeah. we train till 8.39. I'm coming home high as a kite from all the the, the, you know, the endorphins being released and yeah. I'm not sleeping till 1, 2 in the morning. So so I joined this 24-hour gym next to me in Gladesville, right? It's literally at the front door of where I live and, and, and I fell asleep at like nine o'clock one night and I didn't want to. You know, you don't want to fall asleep because you know you're going to wake up at three in the morning. Wake up at three in the morning, went next door, bzz, click, went in, turned the walker on and I walked for about half an hour. I went home and I slept like I was shot by a sniper. So, you know, honestly, it, sometimes that bit of exercise, not too much, like it wasn't a hard workout, but it was enough, you know, just to be exhausted when I got back, you know? That's that's the difference between doing a moderate exercise, like going for a walk or something like that. That will tr- will tire you. But if you're doing high-intensity interval training or you're doing something at high-intensity, it's going to release a lot of endorphins, a lot of adrenaline, and you're going to come back and you're going to be wired up. And you're, you're- He's calling you a pussy, Richard. Are you going to take that? He's calling you... Richard... I'm, I'm calling you different names. Yeah, right. Oh, I was going to say it's good for a podcast. Rodney, yeah, Richo. Yeah, we're Don't good. confuse them. Um, so, uh, yeah, anyway, I do. I sleep pretty well. I, 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 I sleep like a baby. I wake up every hour screaming. Now, um, Anthony, uh, how's the dating scene, mate? Yeah, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know. You're not doing uh, it? No, it's either the people uh, that, I'm, that I'm associating with at the gym yeah. – I.e. these two are not listening to my stories, which is likely because um, I, I do I do tend to have my talking drowned out at the gym. But I, I've had a girlfriend. I've had a steady girlfriend for a few months now. So uh, look, I wouldn't know. Or or a better answer is the dating is going great. Well, that's good. So you got a regular. I got a. I've got. I got a regular. I've got a. <laughs> Excellent. I've how, got how, a, how are you going, Mox? Yeah, so I'm sort of on hold a bit at the moment. Yeah. See, when you get to my age, you just don't give a fuck. You know what I'm saying? Red tube and a pizza. It's unreal. <laughs> <laughs> and, Mature. Red- and, and, and Luke, obviously, you've been in a long term. But that's going well. Yeah. Um, any, any advice for a single bloke like me? 
I've got to say my dating scene's horrible. If I ever like a chick, I'll be, I get on the spectrum and I, I can't talk to them and I'll go, yeah, no, nah, hey, and I'll start sending LOLs and completely withdraw from the conversation. So like, yeah, that, that's, that's a problem for me. Um, Just for the sake of the listeners, I lived with Stu for two years, so I know how bad his dating scene is. It's I think the problem is with, very loud. Well, I'm not going to say the problem. <laughs> the problem with Stu, I think Stu's methods. Um, he goes, he goes as soon as he gets any sort of attention, he goes very heavy and he just goes very aggressive. But it's all kind of all over the shop. So I, I'd I'd have to disagree with you, man. I probably don't do anything. I start sitting back, overthinking it, like having a business and having a few crazy exes. I'm overanalyzing everything. It's like, oh, does she like me? What do I do? Do I ask her out? Do I not ask her out? And it comes but, to the point the that whole, I don't do anything. But the whole reason that you initially got the interest was because you were being who you were, and then as soon as you get you know, a double tap or a, a laugh or a something, you turn to mush. <laughs> so <laughs> that's that's absolutely spot on. Oh, I know, agree. The, the last experience that we had, you 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 charming self, and you 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 got an in, and then and then after you got the in, it's like, well, what do I do? And I'm like, well, what you don't do is sit for three days and overthink it and do absolutely nothing about it. And you, you yeah, 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 you're right. No, and then three days later, three months later, <laughs> still thinking about the same subject and haven't moved on. But man, you've you know you've you've had plenty of long term relationships before. Yeah, I've, I, I was actually in a 12-year, a 3-year, and an 18-month. Exactly. But lately, so, when it comes to the point of actually liking someone, because I go, oh, do I want to date someone? And if I actually really like them and think that I can date them, then that becomes a, a difficult subject for me, and I uh, withdraw completely. How's this for, how's this for, for, for Deep on, uh, on, uh, on episode one? Do you think you like yourself more now than you did before your first long-term relationship? Mate, I'd probably say I like myself more and I probably know myself better. Like, I've actually grown a lot, even though you guys see the, the antics that I do on the weekend. I'm actually really enjoying life, you know. There is a balance there. Uh, I, I have been going out excessively lately, but being a single guy, having a good group of mates and, and, and being around good people, it's, it's addictive. Um, do I drink during the week? No. Um, but it, the weekend comes, I'm ready to go. Would you not say that? The more you like yourself as a person, the more in touch you are with who you are as, as, a, as, a, as a man, right? The more chance you have of finding somebody, not just anybody that you just like, but the finding somebody that is actually right for you. This has been my experience. I got into a lot of shit relationships and I didn't really like myself because you just accept anybody that'll, that'll accept you. Uh, I, I, so, I, I don't think there's a problem. I probably agree and disagree. Like, you become super picky as you get older, right? So, and it's good. So, you, you know, you be. notice things like, oh, that person's got a, a hair or a mole somewhere or something. These are like really, really lame excuses. What, what do you think, Luke, like for yourself, mate? I think when it comes to you need that other person to make you better. And so when you can identify the weaknesses that you have or the, or the lessons that you need to learn, that person can actually teach you um, to be better. So collectively, you are better and individually, you are better. So there are things that I are my strengths and there are things that are my perceived strengths. However, they may actually be a weakness. Um, for me, I know that I'm a very, very organized routine guy and so when you date someone who is the complete opposite, you learn to balance. You have to learn to balance, otherwise it won't work. Um, you know, fundamentally, my girlfriend and I, we're doing really, really well. And the reason that is, is we're not the same. And so you can only be you and that other person can only be them. You can't fake it. And if it comes together and makes you guys better collectively, then that's the right choice. Now, you just don't know 
when you start, whether that's going to work or not. And you know, this is my third relationship I've been in now. Every time I've come out of a relationship, I've been very, very grateful for it because a weakness of mine has been improved as a result of that relationship. So I think there's a lot of lessons you can take out of of relationships which make yourself better. But also remember that person is there selfishly to make you better. And if you become better as a result- What do you mean by selfishly? Do you think they're proactive or is it an unconscious thing? I think it's an unconscious thing. I think it's an unconscious thing. You, You will reflect on certain decisions that as a single guy you would make and you make the opposite decision because you are with someone. And Upon reflection, you go, gee, that was the right call because two years ago, I would have made the other decision and it wouldn't have panned out as well as what I'd hoped for. So when it comes to like Stu, you know, Stu has got so many things going on and and is so busy all the time. It's very difficult for Stu to date female Stu. However, if you find someone who maybe could be that almost opposites attract sort of thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Then I think then there is something to work with there. Like I could never date myself. Good Lord, it'd be horrible. Why? Because I'm so routine. I'm so structured. I'm boring as all hell. I'm vanilla. That's right. There's a philosophy in corporate recruitment, and that is that you shouldn't recruit in the image of yourself. You know, it's easy to sit, yeah, sit someone down in an interview and they say, what are your interests? Golf, sailing, surfing. Oh, I'm in a golf sailing. And you recruit them because of that because you think they match your lifestyle or, or personality. What's and the it's philosophy a dangerous behind thing. that? The philosophy behind that is to, is exactly as Luke said, you know, maybe opposites attract and, and, and they're good for one another because they actually condition you to, to, to go out into the wild world and find out more about stuff that you may not have in a comfort zone. I think it's a good thing. So why potentially does that, why does very that apply healthy to corporate recruiting. Is because it that, is it that you, if you're the if you're the recruiter and you're yeah. picking this guy, you're blinding yourself to their weaknesses if you're only identifying exactly hundred percent. It's exactly what it you is. need. Someone and and not and not looking for their strengths if their strengths aren't something that match your. It's definitely it's yeah. definitely that yeah. with relationships as well. I think relationships can go can go one of two ways. It's either you 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 find a comfort zone and you plateau, which will ultimately lead to. You you degrade you 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 regress as a person, or you find something that can constantly challenge you and constantly um, enable you to move forward mm. and to and to grow, and, and then and that's what you want. I, yeah. I totally agree. Like you got to be with someone that pushes you forward, and you got to push them forward in an unselfish manner. And for me, I've been in relationships where I've always had to pull the person along with me, and that becomes a plateau as well because I need to be stimulated. I need to be doing something interesting. I need to always have some personal growth. I want to understand things that don't matter to other people but don't matter to me. Like, and you know that, Mox. I've, I've, I've rung you and had conversations about the weirdest shit, and I've probably had weird conversations with you, Luke. I just like getting deep into different things and learning from it and moving forward as a person. And a lot of the people that I've been with just haven't been interested in, in that. They'd more just want to be a sit-at-home, you know, type of person and I want to be with someone that's like let's let's go let's do something that can be opposites for sure but you also want to be with someone you can have fun with and I, I haven't found that yet so. just stay away from Greek women that's like that's got to be the overall takeaway well, from may, this podcast maybe hopefully, hope, hopefully she doesn't listen to this yet she's a great chick she's probably one of the best people you can oh, I wasn't mean. talking about anyone specifically Particular. yeah oh you're racist then <laughs> But, you know, like for me, you know, you can go through some great relationships and learn from them and you can have a toxic one. And toxic one doesn't mean that the person or your 
toxic. It just means together you guys aren't, aren't capable or compatible and you cause each other problems, right? And then sometimes you date someone that's on the spectrum, like a level, level cluster B personality problem. That That's a lot of fun, but it's a very hard thing to handle. It's like trying to put a Mustang on a friggin' on a, on a, on a, on, you know, trying to put a harness on a Mustang. It's there's pretty, no, there's yeah. no long-term victory there. Well, you can't train, him, he no. can't train a, no. a Mustang, so, you know. Yeah, I always I always like the analogy that someone um, uh, highlighted to me years ago, and that was a relationship's like holding a feather in your hand. If you hold it too tightly, you crush the feather, and if you hold it too loosely, it blows away. And it's you know it's that distance that uh, you, you know if you love someone. The Lion Theory is all about being deep, and you are listening to the Lion Theory. And if you'd like to contribute to this conversation, um, just let us know what you think on Instagram. I think every week we'll be going through like online dating. Like I don't do online dating. You, like, oh, I've, one done of my it, mates, I've done it plenty. One of my mates just sits there. You'll be at the pub and you'll be having a conversation. The next minute he's, he's swiping left, swiping right. I got off it, boys. I got off it because every time I match with someone, it says, I like hiking. And I went, bullshit. So if I date you, I'm going to drive an hour and a half to the Blue Mountains, find a good hiking spot. It's going to take a four-hour walk, and then we're going to get another car. And it's like, that's an eight-hour day for me. I've got a busy week. Like, I don't want to be stuck in a car doing a hike like that. And like, seriously, they're not really doing hiking. Doing the Bondi to Bronte walk, that's a frigging, that's, that's a little little walk, isn't it? That's not a hike, right? Unless you've got Cathman Dave boots on your profile, I don't believe you. So that's why I got it. It just frustrated me. Like everyone's just so vanilla on it. Like come up with something original. So I don't know. I don't, I won't, I don't, I don't like on that. I go on and off it intermittently, like an intermittent fast, but it drives me mental. How did, how was your experience on it? So Mox, you've done it before. I did it 20 years ago, literally 20 years ago. Is that when you couldn't see a picture and you had the MSN? That was with the MSN. How does that work? The ADSL, you know that? Yeah, 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 the old Netscape. Yeah, it was unreal. Wow. So, it, um, so the dating sites were pretty naff. You, you could imagine uh, pr- pretty slow and ordinary and clunky. And you must and be used getting to, catfished all the time. All the time. They're only human. <laughs> oh, look, um, giant what is Samoan. <laughs> what is that? It's when you it's when you you're led to believe that somebody looks and or is physically. Uh, gender-wise, uh, anything. When you're misled into thinking that somebody is one thing and then you turn up to the date and they are completely different. Like David Brent in the office when he walks in, that girl's not what she was in the um, in the profile, in the online dating profile. Exactly. And he goes, oh, for fuck's sake, and turns around and tries to walk out. Exactly. Luke, you've been, you've been in a relationship for a long <laughs> period of time, but were you on the apps back in the day? No, I've never been on the apps. I, I know my strengths. I know my weaknesses. I'm Does this a- guy look like he needs to be on the apps? Oh, mate, look. Good-looking Rouge. Isn't he? Oh, yeah. Look at him. He's a handsome chap. Of a Hollywood star. He's a young buck. Mm. Yeah. Well, it wasn't always that way, um, <laughs> and it's always a work in progress. But no, I. I truth be told, I, I was a fat kid growing up. I've got made a lot of fun of. Um, I played sports which didn't require much clothing in my body shape, <laughs> which was just shit. It like I had absolute Adonises next to me, and I, I got no attention. Yeah, like today, exactly. I feel like I'm going through St. Peter's and all the marble <laughs> saints around here. Uh, and, Oxford Street. <laughs> and I kind of picked up that, all right, well, I'm not going to get any attention physically, so I need to learn how to talk. And so at 15, 16 years old, I started going on YouTube and studying how people delivered speeches. Um, I was Winston Churchill was one of them. I've always had a man crush on Matthew McConaughey oh, and how he delivered. Someone to chase. 
<laughs> Someone oh, look up to. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. All right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> did he ever actually say that, or is it a myth? He did. Yeah, it he did. It's in uh, it? Days and Confused. Right. It's his, that's uh, what breakthrough move movie. And so, so what, what, what specifically? How do you get over that? You know, obviously, be made a lot of fun of. That would give you a lot of insecurities. Well, how did you get over that? How did I get over that? So when I was eighteen years old, I reached out to one of my best friends and I said, "I'm sick of looking the way I do, and I'm sick of being made fun of. Let's fix this." And so we fixed it. I dropped 13 kilos in a summer. Um, I completely changed the way I lived my life. I always did sport. I, I did sport every single day. But the problem was that in between sport trainings, there was always a McDonald's at the uh, at the train station. Mm. And I had one of those VIP cards. So whenever you bought a Big <laughs> Mac, you either got a free Sunday or a free chips, right? And that was just a bit of a snack in between trainings. So that, that unfortunately, we got rid of that. So I haven't had a Big Mac in 10 years. So when I get put on death row, I'm asking for a Big Mac as my last meal. Yeah. Um, but basically, I learned how to talk. And so getting to the point where I am now, and I'm always trying to improve. I, I look the way I do now and, and you know, these boys joke that, you know, if I was single, I'd do well. I don't know. But I <laughs> never relied on the apps because for me, it's about a conversation. And if you can connect with someone... And so I usually let my mouth do the work for me. So so so, so advice for me because my like you know chicks jump into my DMs all the time. I go yeah no nah, LMAO. What what would you do? What, how how do I improve on those insecurities from from myself? How you imp- I think you need to listen, get them to talk. That's what they want. I've got a slightly different perspective on dating apps, um, which which might endear me to a, a certain sect of our of our audience. Uh. I, I dated a lot of women in between, um, so I had a six-year relationship that broke up in mid-2019, early 2019, and until maybe the, the very end of last year, I was a single guy. And I've, I've dated a lot of women in that period and spoke to them, and almost all of them had some kind of really sordid uh, thing happen to them involving some really disgusting men. Just some, just some, just some bad. Is that, is that relating to online dating? Yeah, like, yeah, I'm getting, I'm getting there. Um, not uh, re- related or otherwise. Otherwise, they yeah. just had some. They've just had some very bad thing happen to them relating to men, and the 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 prevalence of it was startling. The amount, literally, every single one of them had varying degrees of something like this. The dating apps are not for us. Yep. The dating apps are a screening tool for them to be approached. In, in the wild, like there's 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 obviously organic ways you can meet women. You go to the gym, or you or you see them often enough, and you you get a, you get enough background information into them that that you that you you're okay. I'm comfortable to go to coffee with this person or dinner with this person, whatever it may be. But for the most part, to meet people is is terrifying. I'd say for women and um and and even for some men. And so it's easier to have the screen of you chat for a little bit over this message thing. You give just the most surface level. Uh, um, account of yourself with your photos and your, and your, this is what I do, etc. You agree after talking for a little bit to go for a coffee or a dinner in a very public place to get to know each other. And from then on, it, it may as well have been that you met organically. So I think I think they serve a very necessary purpose in um in in this society that we're living in. Um, and and I I thought it was great. It allowed me to come out of a relationship where I stopped understanding who I was. I, I, I became one with the relationship and I stopped knowing exactly who I was. And so, if I were to get into another relationship, I'd have no idea of the things that I liked, didn't like, needed, didn't need. And I was able to use these dating apps to 
date a whole bunch of different people to identify what characteristics I did and didn't like in these people. Yeah, and good now, point. Yeah, and yeah, now, yeah. now I'm in a very, very happy relationship, albeit it's quite early, but I know that I like everything about this person because I know what I don't like in people. Because you use the technology to, for a process of elimination. Exactly. Basically. I moved to San Francisco back in 2016. These apps started way before they got here. Like Bumble was already out. Bumble mm. came out here in like 2017, 18. You'd go out to a bar and on one side of the room there'd be 20 blokes and on the other side of the room would be 20 different chicks and not one of them would be talking to each other. They'd all be on these dating apps and it became a point where they couldn't even communicate in a public area. And that was good for me being an Aussie, you know, moving over there with the accent, I'd just go talk to people, and they'd be like, "Whoa, you know, how why these why is this guy talking to me?" So, I, I hopefully that doesn't come to the point here. Do you think that's that's that, that's a risk, Luke? Do you think that something could happen? I think absolutely, it's something that could happen. I think that when you go out now, um, the Bumble and the Tinder and all that, it's all there's an expectation set on it that you are gonna get what you're after, whether that be short term or or long term. And as a result of that, people are forgetting how to speak to each other. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, you start anything, why to, to maybe kick off a friendship or to simply share a viewpoint or to have an opinion or to maybe have an argument, whatever it is, we are losing the art of talking to each other. And I think these apps, I, I don't particularly like them as much as I find them funny because I think people are really losing the ability to talk to each other. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, I started uh, when I I graduated from high school. I was just working it out of my head then about eight years before mobile phones came out. So, you know, you that's all you had was your uh, – in my case, it was personality and good looks. But, the, uh, but, you, but you know, you, it, was about, it was about charm and it was about being genuinely – it's more important to be interested than interesting, isn't it? You know, you make it about the other person. And that's a communication skill that is, that is lost because we can actually edit our conversations before we hit the send button. Whereas, when, you know, when you're talking face-to-face or you're trying to, you know, you're trying to engage with someone, whether it's about a potential relationship or whatever it is, you only get one shot at the title, don't you? You can't shove those words back in your mouth. But as, you, as you're sending a text or you're sending whatever you send on Tinder to reach out to someone, you get, you get to work on that. And you're absolutely right. I think that's probably lost a bit. But but it's a, isn't it about a discipline thing? Isn't it about turning the things off? It's about like instant gratification, Mark, these days. Yeah. Unless you put something interesting out to that person, then they're, they're not going to respond. We've got so. six billion A-type personalities in the world now, don't we? I mean, really. Age of narcissism. Yeah, yeah. Much, yeah. We actually have a thing uh, with our bunch of mates, and when we go out as a group, every now and then is what we'll do is, and a lot of us are in relationships, some aren't, we'll stack our phones like a Jenga set. And if you break the stack, you pay the tab. That sounds like a swingers party, mate. Nah, mate. <laughs> no, we do. We do the same thing with my group of mates too. It's it's look. We, we're especially our generation. We're um we're a bit technology obsessed, but everything that you guys are saying is is the truth. But eventually, if you're looking to date someone, if you're looking to build something, some some intimacy and and, and a true romance with somebody. Mm. You're going to have to meet in person, and you're not going to be texting from across the table to each other. You're going to have to talk. So it seems, like a, it seems like a moot point to me. Yeah, how how you how you came across each other is is irrelevant. It, it, there's a stigma around dating apps, yeah. and I theoretically met my current girlfriend on one of these dating apps, and she's a bit. When people ask her how did you meet, she she gets a little bit. Well, maybe we should come up with the story. I don't care. Doesn't bother me. This is a it's a perfectly fine way of meeting somebody. The chemistry that we developed afterwards has nothing to do with the fact that we you know, we, we met online. 
Yeah, my, my sister just recently got married last year. They met on Tinder, so I found that wow. hilarious at a time, but such a such a good relationship they've got. And then you got my brother as well, met his now fiancé on Tinder, I believe, maybe close to seven years ago now, and, and they just got recently engaged, set to be married, and they are just, they're so good for each other. So there's definitely success stories in it, but personally, it's not my strength. Therefore, I don't like it. No, and, and no, me too. I, 20 years ago, I dated a girl from, from one of those- uh, Fire MSN, right? Uh, what was it? MSN message. I want you had to, had to send yeah, emojis that, to make a- make I remember your email. Just, you just fax each other. <laughs> <laughs> it was before faxing. No, but 20 years ago, and she ended up being like an ice pick murderer. You know, she was, she was horrendous. But, you know, at the end of the day, there's only so much screening you can do in there, isn't there? Like, uh, honestly, I mean- How did you it communicate was, back then by Morse code? I can't or? even tell you who- this is because you know who it is, but the um uh well, yeah Morse code it was it, it was it was an odd thing because you know texting had just come in and this girl disappeared off the uh, off the face of the earth and changed the locks in the apartment that we were sharing and I said that's a bit odd no we didn't have any argument nothing and uh, and and the poor girl had booked into um into rehab. And didn't tell me and just thought that's how you end the relationship. So there was no contact. I couldn't get in, in, in contact. I didn't know where she was. And about two weeks later, I thought, I'd, oh, I'll actually send it one of those newfangled emails, you know. And I sent an email and she fired straight back saying, oh, so you've dumped me by email. So you can't win, can you? It's hard it's to know how act. to communicate with, mm. with people generally. And, and I think anxiety is more prevalent, especially social anxiety, now than ever before. Yeah. And to Luke's point before, I, I was a fat teenager as well. Um, Come but, on. But I, I was 96 kilos at, at 16, Jeez, and I'm man. not a tall guy. You're calling and Luke. me fat, are you? I'm calling <laughs> you fat. <I'm> calling <laughs> you fat. <laughs> that's right. That's right. You're bring, all cock and ribs it. now, though, aren't you? I'm all cock and ribs. When's the last time you had a Big Mac? But the thing is that I didn't I, – I played soccer, but I was the kind of centre midfielder that would ask for the ball and not move to get it. Maradona. So I, I wasn't I – wasn't, churning any of the big Macs into into energy i was just i was just and 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 as a result you're you're not confident and then you start going out when you're a late teenager and you start i'd love to talk to all these women but the confidence is just completely not there and now i'm different you know i'm 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 a stand-up comedian now i talk when it's inappropriate at the best of times but there are people that that don't have that there are people that don't have the ability to just go and talk to people and i think this kind of screening thing is good for them and so that they don't become people that just leave the apartment change the locks and go to rehab without telling you what do you guys think of the me too movement in terms of meeting someone in the workplace because it really it really has put barriers up there i mean you, you know off the company wharf is what you, you know, should right? never you should never why not you know the, you know the percentage of people that actually Meet their better halves, like sixty percent of relationships, and fifty percent of marriages end. So but they well, do anyway. How do you know? Well, they do. It's a, it's a statistical. We're talking about fact. statistics that are that are that are simultaneous right now. It's sixty percent of people meeting in the workplace. That's it. Fifty percent of divorces. Mm. But are you attributing but that we, to we, meeting we in the I'm workplace? I'm not attributing anything to anything. I'm just saying, if you look at the statistics next to each other. Yeah. Uh, we, we, we're not we're not killing it in terms of uh, of staying together forever rates. So what's your point? You're saying you shouldn't you show out with you someone in the workplace. You shouldn't shit where you eat. No so way. So if you if you honestly if you were in the workplace, what do you do for a quid? Stand up comedian. Correct. So if someone heckles you and you look at them and fall in love, it's like sorry. That's it. It's more a matter of it's more a matter of uh, commingling with fellow comedians, which is something that I learned one time mm. very strongly. You should never do. How, how did you and Mole meet, Luke? Right. We um well, we share a, 
a common interest in water polo. So Molly is a um, she's from America, from San Francisco. Came over here to play water polo for a rival club. She hadn't met Stu in San Francisco. Oh, I hope not. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people met me there. Um, so when she came over here, we we were supposed to be we were training in the ocean that morning um, at our our local ocean pool called Ganamata Bay, um, and I had seen a you know a tall blonde beautiful girl the night before at the, the local bar after our fridge to fridge which is a big club. Which, which bar was that? Northies. Was that Nor- Northies. <laughs> uh, and and I'd had a full day on the on the syrup. Um, Not doing the bubbler. No, no bubbler. Uh, wrong sport. And <laughs> end of the night, and I, I had a mutual friend. I was having a conversation. I saw this you know beautiful tall blonde girl at the bar and. Thought I'm gonna have a crack here. You know what's the worst that's gonna happen? She's gonna say no. She won't be the first. Won't be the last. So, started having a conversation, and I tried everything. Like I always, I'm good at finding an angle, and I was like, all right, she's American. Let's try. You know, oh, how long are you over here for? Gave me nothing. You know, oh, there was a a, a band playing, and they were singing uh, Hootie and the Blowfish, an American band. And I said, oh, you know, are you into your yet sort of rock and country and that sort of thing gave me nothing then they played a Luke Combs song which happens to be one of her favourite artists I said oh Hurricane it's Luke Combs have you ever seen him live I tried everything nothing <laughs> just gave me straight bat like you know like one, next like one word answers nothing. or literally don't even look at me the next morning we had training man. and uh, it just so happened that she was lying on a rock at Ganamata Bay uh, just kind of I think she was FaceTiming her parents or whatever and I went up to her I thought that looks like the girl I'd spoken to last night so I went up to her in front of them, the rest of my team and said, oh, hey, how, how's it going? How'd you pull up after last night, blah, blah, blah. And then she just points to her phone going, I'm on, I'm on the phone. I said, oh, I'm so sorry, so sorry, so sorry. Well, look, really quick, we're about to get in the water. I know you're a water pipe player. If you want to jump in with us, great. If not, totally get it. Tell me to stick it. It's fine. Well, she goes, yeah, okay, I'm down. And came and started training with us. Did you have Hootie and the Blowfish in the background playing? <laughs> yeah, it's no, just, a hell of a speaker. Just Blowfish. Yeah. <laughs> no, I wish. Um, and so it kicked off through a mutual interest. Uh, and we're still you know, very heavily involved in the club. And it actually chooses a lot of our time. So if you ever want to you know, waste 40 hours of your week, volunteer for a water polo club because it, it just burns you, it burns you out pretty quick. So... We um that's how we started. It was over a mutual interest, but Molly and I are totally different people. But that's opposites attract. But I think that's the best way to do it. That you have a mutual passion. You're very different people, but you're able to come together over that mutual passion, and then that's the basis for the way you connect in your life. I think I think there's nothing more powerful than a, a mutual passion. Which brings me back to what we were saying before. You, I don't want to ever date a stand-up comedian again. I did because I thought this is great. We got the same passion. We're pursuing the same dream here. Carl this Barron, terrific. Was it? I, yeah, I dated Carl Barron yeah. <laughs> um, when he had hair. I love Carl. I've got a man crush on Carl Barron. Do you? Uh, I, I had just a straight-up crush on Carl Barron, but then he broke my heart. You know. Um, <laughs> But yeah, no, that's 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 definitely the way to go about. So you you proactively avoid it then, mate. Oh, absolu- yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All comedians are psychopaths, and um, oh, yeah, I don't want to get involved in that. Going back to Luke, if I went up to a chick in a bar and she gave me nothing, I'd be like, yeah, nah, see ya, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't have that persistence. What gave you? What gave you the spine, the backbone? We saw her the next day. You know, I think I would, I'd, I'd completely avoid her. I'd walk the opposite direction. It'd be too awkward. But self conscious. Yeah, I'd just be like, nah, not going there. Been there. She gave me nothing. See I've you been later. shut down that many times that I just don't 
really it doesn't really hit me a anymore. Numbers game for you? Well, no, no, no. Was <laughs> <laughs> no, just put, her, put her in the spreadsheet. And no, move no, on. no, 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 no. <laughs> the law of averages says that one in ten American water polo players will come on board. Oh, no, no, no. So um, for me, I just suck up my pride because at the end of the day, what's the worst that happens is no, right? And big deal. Yeah, big I, deal. I, I actually the worst that happens is no back of the paddy wagon. Oh mate, for oh, me, for mate. me, I'm the like in business, you can ask Mox I'm in business, I'm ruthless, I don't give a fuck. I'll ask I'll just fucking go to everyone, let's we need to raise money, you in, you in. I'll hit everyone up. I, I don't care about no's. When it comes to a girl, I become that spectrum again and I like even when she shows interest and all the stars are aligned and I, it's my job as a man to go, let's go out for dinner or something. I'll overthink it. I'll speak to you guys, even overthink it even more and then just do nothing. I'll just it might as well amputate me left. That's true. At the feet, I right? can tell you firsthand that I've seen Many examples of girls that take advantage of you, and I mean that genuinely. Like you know, you do, you are soft like that. But you're right, though, that you've got that sort of split personality because as a businessman, you are ruthless. So, you know, maybe next time you're looking to date a girl, you know, corporatize it. You know, interview her instead of chat her up. Money is better than sex, guys. What are we talking <laughs> yeah. about here? Hey, believe me, depends who you're sleeping with, mate. <laughs> oh, we, we were just on the way here, and we uh, we saw one of my ex girlfriends crossing. Right, Luke goes, "Who's that?" And I go, "Holy fuck!" I got a good story about that one, but we won't put this on the podcast. But yeah, yeah now I haven't stopped thinking about her. Well, that's that a good why you didn't buy me a coffee, you piece of shit. I was in the cloud, man. I was stuck in the cloud. I got dumped. I was late because I needed to get my own coffee. Okay, now we want to do this thing called Never Have I Ever, and I'm going to go around the table. Stewie, now this is about you telling us something that you've never done that you think the rest of the guys might have done. Oh, look, Ooh, is, is not that our done. work? We put it there because like a couple of weeks ago I had to play this game, yeah. and one of the girls who used to work for me just finished doing a PhD in psychology. She's like 23, 24, and she goes, Stu, come over, celebrate. You know, The whole group were 23-year-olds there. Obviously, I'm in my mid-30s. And I uh, and, uh, went over there and they went around the room. Pretty much every never have I ever done, I've done. I'd be sculling. And then I had to come up with one and I said, never have I ever been in a blimp. And everyone goes, what the fuck's that? <laughs> and I'm like, you serious? It's the, the, the things in the sky, the blimp. They go, oh, those things from the 1940s. <laughs> so, yeah, that was my never have I ever. Have you got one for us, Luke? Never have I ever been kicked out of a strip club. Yep. 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 You're going to say no? No. Nice. Okay. I've been kicked out of a lot of clubs. Yeah, I've been kicked out. And fortunately, one night I was kicked out at the cross by a bouncer um, who grabbed hold of me and dragged me out. I was being obnoxious. And it was Wait, a long you got time kicked out ago. by a bouncer? He was being yeah no so shit Sherlock. So like I don't know you guys. The cross used to be a massive scene. I don't know if you guys were a part of that. And there's lots of strip clubs in there. Some of them were like nightclubs, and yeah. obviously you've probably been kicked out of them. But the it was I, actually I got kicked out of a strip club in San Francisco. Me and my cousin did. It was a pretty funny story. I lost my passport and everything. Apparently I was running down the street like an NFL ball trying to hold it. Had to trace my story and uh, never found that passport again. I had my visa in and everything. Yeah. So it was a really good start for my move to. San I remember Francisco. that happening. That was a big deal, wasn't it? Yeah. But the um, but I think I was. Trying you know the guy stuffed money down the, the, the knickers of the strippers. I, I think I was trying to steal the money back out. Uh, or <laughs> I, to change. Or I try to get change, exactly. But this big – I was being obnoxious or whatever. Next thing, this big brown mitt just grabbed me around the, around the, uh, the neck and dra- started dragging me out. And I looked over and I looked at the face and I went, I know who that is. And he said, shut up, Michael, and just come with me. 
and it was a guy called Vili Aleatoa, right, who played for Samoa. He's about you know, he, my age. He's an old fella. But his boys yeah, are Mikey – his boys are Mikey Aleatoa and Alan Aleatoa, the Wallaby, Alan, right? Yeah. It was their dad, right, who was there with his brother. And they're giants. They're from the land of the giants, Samoa, right? And they dragged me out. And fortunately, I didn't get beaten up too much because I knew the guys. But, yeah, um, there were different times then. You, you could get really drunk and not get thrown out till you were you – Oh, you'd be literally spewing before you got kicked out yeah. back in the day. And now sure. you get the tap on the shoulder, don't you? Like, you've had enough, go. Yeah. Man, I don't know about you guys, but since COVID's been around, how, how hard is it to adjust just sitting down? Like, you know, when you want to get up and talk and tell a story and There's use no your adjustment movements. necessary for me. I was never up. <laughs> is that what she said? I l- hey. I'm glad we're doing I'm glad we're doing the deep topics here, guys. <laughs> Who's got another one? I've never had uh, chemical um, drugs in my life, <laughs> you know. I haven't. What, you know, what are we talking about? Social, you know, I've never had ecstasy or coke or heroin or anything like that. And I'm actually sad about it. So never have I ever had chemical drugs. Oh, mate, this yeah, definitely have for sure. Yes. Yeah. No. We, we have and to tell about thousands of stories now. Yeah, and I am Bullshit. very happy about that. Yeah. Does that That's include right. um, uh, marijuana? No, I said chemical. I've smoked chemical, right. tons of pot. Well, there's but, chemicals yeah. in marijuana, you know. THC is naturally occurring, though. So a lot it's of not things. okay. Well, processed cocaine's naturally occurring if you use that um, your petrol to freaking okay. <laughs> cook it. <laughs> All right, I haven't had anything white, stew, or pink. I've just had green. Uh, well, that's fine, <laughs> mate. Good on you, Luke. No, no, I'm I'm clean as a whistle. Yeah. I uh, I don't very. I'm very. Uh, my belief is I don't need any substance to enhance my experience with other people that's my personal opinion if other people want to do it fantastic don't shove it in my face but that's i'm very very black and white when it comes robin to williams said i take cocaine to slow down and <laughs> he must have <laughs> he was, had ADD or something he did yeah, he's no, dead yeah. now from it yeah but uh yeah what about you you were very quiet. You said yes, and then was- well, absolutely no comment. You know, well, what we- I, I, I've had a, a, a party experience in my past, not so much anymore. But I'm very opposite to Luke. I believe that people are boring, and uh, for the most part, you need to enhance your experience with them. <laughs> you become friends with anyone on that type. You of become stuff, right? friends with so anyone. So many good ideas. You know, we create 25 businesses together, and you never see them again. Go so to music festivals. <laughs> Go to music festivals, take a piss next to the guy. What are you on? What are you on? Hey, nice. Big hug. And see you later. Back to your spot in the grass. Is what I hear, you know, I don't know. Stewie, got one? Mate, look, I've got, I, I'm, I've, yeah, look, lots of stories, but it's not enough time on this podcast. So let's, um, you got to never have I ever. Well, I already did the blimp, but Luke's, it's Luke's turn. You didn't ask if anyone been in a blimp. We're going to put shit on Stu now. Uh, never have I ever masturbated in public. There you go. In how public? Well, we're talking uh, public toilet, outdoor area, um, somewhere, somewhere that you know you'd you get a ticket from the cops and maybe a court 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 appearance. Does that include Wait, today? But public toilet? You're in your public toilet. You're 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 in private theoretically if you're inside. Well, mate, look, you're twenty too many you know things on it. Have you done? Have you masturbated? Have in you public? masturbated anywhere that's not your bedroom or your house? Is that what the? <laughs> no, the lounge room's not public. So, what about you? Have you? So, no one's no one's going to answer this. Oh question. yeah, fucking oath, yes. man, fucking oath. Everyone has. Oh yeah, yeah. sure. On oh. a beach, in a car, on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> I won't go. watch that sand. I've got to tell you, <laughs> <laughs> good grip though, right? Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you a funny, a 
funny uh, masturbating story. That- better be because now you've said it's funny. Oh, it's yeah, funny. You don't come out with funny. <laughs> yeah, and- yeah, that's big poor man. Look, take it from the funny guy. This is funny. So, <laughs> my little brother was about 15, 16 at the time. Doesn't start well with my little brother when you talk about masturbating right. in public. Now, my, he was discovered. Hey, he's he's been brother doing, under you know, the bus, not even no, in. No, that's all right. I've done it before. I'll do it again. He does it to me. So he's at home at our um, at what it was our old house. And the way that it would happen is when you walk in through the front door, on the right is the big screen TV, a couch, and it's pretty much open to see, and then that extends through to the kitchen. My little brother thought he was alone. And so what he thought was, you know, and he's got his own room. He's got his own iPad, iPod, everything. He could run the laptop. He can run whatever he wants. He can lock himself in the room, go to the bathroom, all these options. But no, Mark decides to play. named him. uh, Yeah. People can look him up. Uh, He's a big time investor. Look him up. He'll enjoy it. Um, He decided to put on um, inappropriate videos on the big screen. But on top of that, also decided to run his big Sennheiser headphones, the noise-canceling ones, and park himself on the couch and explore himself. So he thought he was home alone. Anyways, off he went, tearing the ears off it. And who was to open the front door but my mother with the groceries? Oh, no. And so mum's walked through immediately. And now mum, my mum's a, you know, a very traditional you know, Catholic lady from from Argentina, you know, she believes that, you know, men and women don't fornicate. Like, that's ridiculous, right? But uh, walks through and then she looks to the right and there it is, 75 inches of absolute mayhem happening on the TV. <laughs> At which point my mum screams, Mark, what are you doing? What are you doing? Mark's got noise-cancelling headphones on. <laughs> Mark's got no idea. Classic Mark. And so there he is, just you know, tucking for Australia. And mum drops, mum drops the bag of bananas and wanders over to the couch and just boots the living <laughs> crap. <to> the <laughs> what are you doing? Wow. And then so Mark finally gets the jolt as he almost gets kicked off the couch and just proceeds to grab a pillow and covers his. There's no parts. coming back from that, is there? No, and. Immediately, you know, he's, oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't know you were home. You know, mum's like, what the hell are you doing? Anyways, mum rings me immediately in a big panic and I'm at work. We've got a a concrete pour about to happen and I'm showing the engineer, the owner of the company, everything that steals in the right spot. So we've got a a fair audience. Now, when mum rings the phone, she knows it's only really for emergencies when I'm at work. So I think, oh, straight away, someone's died. Someone's been hit by a car, you know, something. Pick up the phone. Luke, Luke, Luke. I'm going, What's wrong? Like, who died? Who died? It's Mark. I'm thinking, shit. He's just walked in front of a bus. Like, oh no. He 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 was on the couch looking at, and she couldn't say it. <laughs> and I've put this on speaker right in front of ten people and gone, listen to this, guys. He was doing stupid things. I go, right. He was masturbating to the big screen, wasn't he? She goes, yeah. Well, what 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 do I do? I said, oh, I don't know. Like. What do you want? It? What? And my mum's biggest fear is that Mark is, well, yeah, <laughs> is it, it, that Mark could turn out gay, which we've managed to, cha- to change her opinion on that. But I go, well, was it a two guys or a guy and a girl? And she goes, guy and a girl. I said, well, what are you worried about then, mum? Relax. She's like, oh, yeah, but it's wrong. I said, all right, I'll deal with it. And so everyone, you can imagine, like, everyone's on the floor laughing at work. I get home. I go, Mark, what happened? He goes, oh, I got done, you know, having a target. I said, look, you've got an iPhone, you've got an iPad, you've got a laptop, 
you got your own room, you got a bathroom, they've both got locks on it, and you decide to run the 75-inch plasma and put a six-foot-long penis on it. Like, what are you thinking? He goes, I, was I rate it? it. you got to shoot your shot. Oh, that's a classic mark, <laughs> yeah, huh? So classic, yeah. So when you mentioned about masturbating in public, well, there he was on I, the couch. Public. Man, I used to do it the second my mum left the house as a teenager, straight on the big screen. You know you know it. what? Like, for me growing up, I'm not ancient, but, like, you know, we only started getting really good internet when I was about 17, 18. Mm. So, like, for me, like... Porn wasn't easy as accessible as it was. So, you know, you'd used to go into the news agent and try and sneak in, just have a look at like some titties and you'd feel good at that. And then now it's like, mate, you can get that anywhere. You can be, it's how so accessible Mark at this point. Mark's 20 now, as of a week ago. Nice. And how long and ago how, old, is he? how old is he at this point? Probably 15. Well, yeah, nice. 14. That's, pr- that's your prime, age, that's yeah. your prime, prime flogging yeah. at years. Pulling like a D9 caterpillar, yeah. wouldn't he? He's got yeah. forearms like Popeye these days. Yeah. <laughs> <great. laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's great. So, any more? Uh, who's left? Well, Me. You haven't done the net. What is it? Over. You just segued away from trying to avoid the. Yes. Game. So. Good point. So many things. By the way, I have been on a blimp. That <laughs> wouldn't happen on have a you? blimp. <laughs> have you really? No. no. Oh, mate. Is there any blimps around besides the Michelin and the Goodyear these days? I've I've been with a few blimps, <laughs> but anyway. Oh, we come on. You got something, Lukey, or not? Three, two, one. That's um. Your time's up. Nah, you Never sh- have I ever walked in on anyone having sex. <laughs> I have. Well, a mate yeah, of mine yes, who- Yes, I have a couple of times. Yeah, I have. Uh, uh, um, but that was just to bring them uh, uh, drinks. <laughs> yeah, nice. <laughs> a refreshment. Oh, good, good bloke. <laughs> and sit on the end of the bed and eat chips telling him to hurry up. <laughs> I used to chuck house parties um when I was when I was first at uni. Um whenever whenever I was living with my mum, whenever she'd go away, I would I'd just invite like three hundred people and just have them all over the place and everyone was just sleeping everywhere. And then one of my best friends and her boyfriend, I let him sleep in my bed. And I'm like, oh, it should be all right. No worries. I'm walking up the stairs and you can just hear a distinct sound of, and I'm like, Jesus, like, really? You're going to do this to me on the, on, on this day? And I walk up and um, I'm, I'm on the warpath. I'm drunk. I'm very, I'm ready to yell at these people. There's other people sleeping in the room at the mm-hmm. same time. I'm like, what are you doing? Should, have some, have some sh- social decorum. And I walk up and I see my other mate just like with a, with a pedal, a pedal uh, suction thing blowing up his um, air mattress. Yeah, and that's where the <laughs> is coming from. So I had to walk up and just. That is good. Yeah. So the, my answer is no. Well, yeah, I have, and I'm not, not going to get into those subjects. Could get in a lot of trouble if people listen to this. Wasn't so, me, was it? Uh, definitely not you, Mox. I, I know that you've you've probably heard you've almost walked in on me, right? Almost. What do you mean? How many times? How many f- hand, fingers have was I got? Was your answer no. yes, Luke? Yeah, my answer was yes. Was it Mark? No, I wish. <laughs> um, it was actually a friend of mine. Well, well, it's countless, countless. Um, I'll give you a real quick countless. one. So. <laughs> We, oh, we, we were at a these water we were at, people, man. We were at a post. We were at a post event event, um, and a few of us were, were on the drink together, and we noticed that the quietest uh, couple for the night of the lot had disappeared. <laughs> and so, what happened was they'd gone off to one of the rooms to to get to know each other, and one of the girls at the party, a friend of mine. Uh, drags her boyfriend along at the time and runs into the room and goes, "I got a problem. I got a problem. I got a problem," and we're like. Oh, no. And she goes, he goes, can you please go help me sort it out? So the boyfriend gets dragged along and goes, it's in that room. There's like a bit of an issue there. I need you to sort it out for me. He's completely unbeknown as to what is actually happening. And so we get dragged along and she goes, yeah, look, 
I, I don't know how to deal with it in there. And she sold it really well. So we thought maybe there was a leak or there was a issue with the house or something had been broken. And we, she opens the door, pushes us both in, and then closes the door on us. We turn around and there's our friend being pleasured uh, <laughs> orally by a, by a lady. At which point Whoa. you hear the door slam and she turns around and obviously he's um he's up at you know, up at attention and ever since then we gave him the nickname of the compass because he points north <laughs> <laughs> and so within this circle of friends this nickname spread but we were involved with an organisation um, which had a lot of um, more mature and, and, and elder men who were uh, kind of the teachers and the and the kind of guys in responsibility for that operation or for that organization. And then this rumor of this guy's nickname called the Compass uh, spread to them to the point where the colonel, who was the commanding officer, also started calling him the Compass. <laughs> and for two years, the bloke had no clue why, why everyone called, called the him the Compass. Until yeah. one day they spilt the beans and said, mate, this is the reason you call the compass. So that's one, probably my favourite story when it comes to walking in on someone. We've got to go through the, the questions that our listeners um, asked us yesterday on the Instagram stories. First question is from Belinda May. Uh, what's the biggest doubt you have in life and how do you overcome it? Biggest doubt in life for me is not fulfilling potential. And the way I overcome that is by bringing in the right people around me to make sure that when I fall down, they can prop me back up, and when my head gets too big, they remind me where I'm going. Yeah, that's a great, quit, a great answer. What about you, Moxo? What do yeah, you my doubt, my doubt's about you know running out of um, chutzpah, running out of energy, you know, to just to just to keep ahead of the game, just to be creative and to keep having that burning ambition to work. You know, I have, and that is my self doubt. You know, it's about it's about how you keep the pe- the petrol tank topped up. You know. Yeah, and and like in terms of how do, how do I deal with it? Um, yeah, it's survival. You just do it. You just find something, and I don't know what it is, but you just find something to get you out of bed in the morning and go and do all the three jobs that I do. So yeah, yeah. Oh, well, mine's pretty simple. It's, it's stemmed back from uh, many years. My biggest self doubt is actually, you know, whenever I fully like someone, I normally withdraw a bit and I don't put that that puts puts uh, foot forward. So. Um, how do I overcome that? Well, that's why we're here on the Lion Theory. We'll work that out over the number of weeks that we do this for. So I haven't overcome it yet. Um, that's something that is a bit of an Achilles heel for me. Uh, normally, if I'm in a relationship, they're falling into my lap and yeah. I'm never pursued. So something I like to grow from from this experience is learn how to pursue and get that chat. Like, you know, sometimes you feel like you, you've got to be the interesting one, but you've got to show more interest and I haven't showed that. Yeah, interest. it's like I said before, you know, it's better to be interested than interesting, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And then, you know, you know, there's some mixed signals out there. But so. you do that really well i've got to tell you firsthand so and then we've got another one from yep. bell may uh hard or soft i don't know which is where she's going with this one taco taco yeah soft taco for sure yeah yeah oh, hard you like it i hard? love a hard taco yeah in fact i, I never buy the 50 50s because the because ta- the soft tacos are always the ones left over even if i accidentally grabbed them well actually i, I got i got given a bit of a bit of a, a hack yeah, at, at the local um, all-you-can-eat taco house in Cronulla, El Sol. And what they do is you'll do your hard taco, right, and put your stuffing in and then the soft one around it. So when the hard taco cracks, the soft 
Brito. Whole little, that's brilliant. It's, it's outstanding. That is genius. It, it is something. And you, you could know, even put a little film of. I do. In I, there. Usually, I usually run like a guacamole. Yeah. Um, oh, that, I'm paste doing it. In between, and it just locks the two together, and it's something else. So, little hack. But I'm going soft. Um, but, you know. Yeah, no. I, I like to mix it up. So next question is from uh, Nick Brabrot. What's your biohack for skin routine? So what do you guys do for your skin? Well, besides, oh, besides letting Mark masturbate and <laughs> no. So I've um, actually struck up a really good relationship with a, a lady called Sam Appel who owns the Skin Bar, and she does um, everything from skin needling to. Um, all these different sort of peels and and all that sort of thing. And I've never been one to really look after my skin as such. Always put sunscreen on, be sun safe, especially playing water polo. But this was an opportunity for me just to give it a go. I gave it a go and the results have been unbelievable. So well, taking be, a lot of You'll be getting it for free now. So. <laughs> no, we'll Does see. It? We'll see. We have a very good relationship. Big plug. What about you, Mox? Do you do yeah, anything? Nivea cream. Nivea. Yeah. Because... Yeah. Don't look no, a day over, over 70 no, at the moment. That's right. Metric or imperial. Oh, but no, I just put a bit – my skin dries down. I just put Nivea cream on my face. Yeah. It doesn't help, but it makes you feel better. Because I, 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 I just go out in the sun now. I don't give a shit about skin cancer or anything. You've got to dye something and, you know, well, that, that ship sailed. So I just go and I get sunburnt, right, and then have the David Gower, get out, dry myself, and then put the Nivea on the face. Make myself look beautiful. Oh, wow. That's and, awesome. And I know you, you guys. You, my my yeah. biohack is shiitake mushroom by life cycle. That really opens up for you. Yeah, and then I use things like Reservatrol and NMN. So we can go over those a bit later in the, in the month, but it really re- rejuvenates your skin and it's it's, it's proven. Oh, from within? Within. Yeah. And then I've got a red light therapy um, light at home, just which which I use now and then, and that's really good for uh, photobiomodulation, which we can get deeper into later in the weeks, and it gives you the red light therapy that you'd get from the sun. But the sun's got so many spectrums, but we'll talk about that at another right. time. All right. Well, now, that we've got, was. We've got a couple oh, more we questions, sorry? and we'll finish. We'll finish with two more questions, and then we're done. If your life could be like a movie, which would you pick? Well, I'll go first this time. Great one, isn't it? I'll, I'll go definitely. That's so easy for me. So we'll let you think about it, Lukey. All right. Mine is Groundhog Day. It is so simple. <laughs> Fair income. It's just the same shit every day, and you just uh, and but 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 the this, the thing, really interesting thing. It was written originally. The original screenplay was by a guy called Danny Rubin, and of course Harold Ramis got hold of it and turned it into a comedy and introduced uh, Bill Murray into the you know into the um, into the film and 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 you know it was a bit serious, but it was it was based on the Buddhist principle of continuous improvement. And if you watch the film, which I have many times, which is irony, give it it's Groundhog Day. Every single day that he lives, he learns something new. He learns to play the piano and he learns all these new skills. And it's about continuous improvement. And then he's he's spoiler alert, you know, he's released from this Groundhog Day after he's gone from uh, being bad Phil to good Phil. And I just feel like I'm on that Groundhog Day journey. Maybe we all live our lives and we don't go to the next level until we we. That's what Buddhism is. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, I'm gonna go. It's not exactly what my life is, but I think the themes of it, um, I can see a little bit of resemblance. Forrest Gump. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's all and I'm gonna why, say about that. Why Forrest Gump? Because Forrest, he ends up falling into all these incredible experiences through time, and I've been very, very lucky 
um, with the amount of you know traveling that I've done and the amount of experiences that I've experienced that aren't normal. They're not normal experiences, and I kind of get to it, it's Forrest's ability to to roll with the punches, mm-hmm. to take him to places and to give him experiences that the normal person wouldn't have that I can kind of resonate with. Um, so I wouldn't say it's exactly the film, but I can certainly identify the theme of rolling with the punches, seeing where it takes you, and as a result, gaining an amazing experience through life so far that mm. makes it similar to Forrest Gump. Well, can you give us the box of chocolates before you sign off? On <laughs> yeah, you Come found, on. You found your Jenny, right? Like, yeah, like a box of chocolates. Um, for, for me, I, I reckon like uh, I'm, I'm a rom-com lover. I, I love to cry in movies. I'm not going to deny that. But for me, I'd say The Pursuit of Happiness by Will Smith. You know what I mean? Like I've gone through ups and downs my whole life, but I've never swayed from that responsibility of moving forward and growing. I never sit in victim mode. I always sit there and go, how do I make this day better? How am I going to move forward? You've seen it firsthand, Mox. Like I will do anything to make sure my business survives, make sure that I hit those goals and and, and yeah, so for me, pursuit of happiness. Yeah, at the end of the day, you know, hopefully I can get that happy ending. Whatever it takes. Yeah, exactly. And we've got one more question, and then we'll wrap it up. This is from Living La Vida Savagna. Um, he says, "How do you deal with changes in your life, work, relationships, friends, and schedules?" That's a that's a fucking great question, Savagna. I think in a very um, in a succinct version of an answer, I think you got to just trust your plan, trust your process, and trust those around you. Simple as that. If you get hit, you know, and you get cop something negative in your life, it is all part of the plan. And if you can have that sort of trust in yourself that it will all be okay. And one of my favorite sayings is from my mentor. He goes that in the end, it will all be okay. And if it is not okay, it is not the end. So for me, trust your plan, trust your process, and trust the people that are closest to you. Yeah. 100%. Can you read that out again to me? So how do you deal with slightly new in your life, work, relationships, friends, schedules? Changes in your life, that's a few things, isn't it? Work, relationships. It's all relatable. Yeah, how I do guess you deal it is. with change pretty much? Well, it's kind of a little bit like the Groundhog Day thing, isn't it, for me? Because it's you know it's my take on it, I guess, is, um, uh, is it's a – I couldn't agree with you more, Luke. It's about it's about rolling with the punches and being adaptable, you know, and just and using every setback as a learning. You know, it's a, uh, I think it's formative. And, and what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. I know we're pulling some cliches out of our clackers. So many cliches. Credit yeah, to the boys, true. eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Credit to the boys. <laughs> exactly. So that's mine. So that's it for, for me. Um, I think, you know, having structure in your life is how you deal with the role of the punches. I know schedule is going to change, but always find a time to train, always find a time to be around family, have some structures in your life so you don't sit there overthinking all the time. Because if you're left to your own resources and you don't have schedules or structures or friendships and stuff, you're really going to go backwards. So making sure there's some foundations always, regardless if the house burns down, we've still got the stilts up. You know what I mean? We've still got some platform to move forward in. And that's what I've always done. Surround myself with good people. If if, If something bad happens, we make sure we talk. Talking to me. If a relationship happens, I'll just ring you, Mox, and talk about the same thing for over and over and over again. Yeah. And yeah, just having those foundations. So just always feeding have, off other people's energy. Mate, if you don't have any, mm. you've got to have structure in your life. Otherwise, you're going to suffer from anxiety and depression, period. You know, and I've, I've talked you through some ways yeah, to yeah. get through those things and we'll go through them over the next coming weeks. This has been a lot of fun and enjoy myself thoroughly. But like each week, we'll go through different topics. We'll, yep. we'll bring on some special guests, some, some blue ticks in the next coming weeks yeah. and, we'll and obviously improve from episode one. You know, we'll get some feedback and move forward.
Yeah, we've got a fabulous little girl coming on uh, in, in the next one called Megan Smith, who is a is a an up and coming radio personality, and she's a she's a lot of fun. We're looking forward to not having a sausage fest next week. That's very good. It's always important to to be able to diversify, and and that's something that's going to be really exciting. So make sure you uh, tune in next week. Yep. For the line theory, and it's been a pleasure for this one. Obviously, make sure you hit us up on Instagram for your questions because we really want to know what you guys have to think about it all. That was the line theory episode one. See you next week.